is obscene. <laughs> Normal. <laughs> this is irregular. <laughs> Obviously not as bad as the poor woman that ended up in a suitcase, but we we were victims as well, as it turns out. These fucking women. Women only have one role. I'm comfortable with being a part of that. It's okay. might want to distance yourself now hello and welcome to this week's tell him steve dave i am here with bq hey bud it's just me and you right now you know we had a we have we had a start time set 11 a.m sharp uh, first i mean i can't remember the last time we recorded the tell him steve dave before the noon hour but here we are uh you know 11 is not that early it's not people have been at the work day you know for two hours by now they're 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 already revved up. They're in the, they're practically in the middle of their day. They're fucking looking forward to lunch at this point, man. <laughs> <laughs> we do have Walt Flanagan coming, but uh, who knows when? The exact time when, the exact moment. We'll 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 all, we'll all find it out together because I guess it's just I don't know. Maybe since he stopped managing his store, he's just lost a little bit of professionalism. Would you say? I'd say so. I mean, his. Uh, <laughs> His track pants are even a little saggier than normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was here, but he forgot his microphone at home, so he had to go home. So we decided, uh, let's just start recording without him to rip on him a little, <laughs> a yeah, little bit. Give him a little bit of shit. Cause yeah. I told you, we were gonna, we, it was possible that we were gonna record with Giddem, cause you were uh, busy with family. Uh, yeah. So I told him to bring two mics. And then he said, well, I thought you only needed him if Giddem came. But you then, would only need two mics if so. Even if you took get him out of the equation, <laughs> like in case get him ate one or something, I didn't, I didn't really understand. Uh, yeah, man, man, not the new get him. Is he? I wonder if he's still walking. Oh, I believe he is. Yeah, yeah, I believe he is. Uh, they said they were going for a walk yesterday, so I'll have to check in on get him's. Uh, <laughs> nice little hurricane stroll for the two mm, of them. I know, right? <laughs> That's right. We're recording in the middle of a hurricane. That's how dedicated we are. That's how dedicated well, Walt Flanagan is. He came out in a hurricane. Went back home in a hurricane. Now he's going to come here in a hurricane. Yeah. Uh, and all we, all we can do is make fun of him for it. Wow. Right. Wish shit people. Mm -hmm. That's this does give us, this does give us the opportunity to discuss the most important of matters though, without Walt around to mock us. Something that's been, uh, at the forefront for weeks now. <laughs> weeks. I have, uh, uh, why don't you walk him through it? I, I guess I, I, you know, so. We went down to Elvis Week, Elvis Days, right. whatever, down in Tennessee, Q and I. And on the way down there, he wasn't speaking of Elvis, but he was no. speaking of something that Adam Green, a uh, noted horror filmmaker, brought up to him, a, a reality show that he said uh, Q had to watch. Yeah, and he's been telling me that for about seven years now. Uh, and I have... Not ignored because I, I, I respect Adam's opinion, but I'm not really a reality TV show guy despite my profession. So I, um, 
And then I found myself on my couch one night and uh, <laughs> and found myself on that couch for the rest of the night and most of the next day watching Daisy of Love. Now, for those of you who don't remember 2009, <laughs> <laughs> there was actually probably would have been 2008. There was a show called Rock of Love, and it was a bunch of women competing to be, was it Brett Michaels' girlfriend? Yeah. Brett Michaels was looking for love, and he was going to do it on a reality show. Right. So he, you know, went through the process. Now, have you ever seen Rock of Love? Because this this didn't inspire me to watch it because I'm I feel like there's no way it's going to be this good. I don't want to watch Rock of Love because I'm such a Brett Michaels fan. Uh, I don't know. I should watch it. I just worry that I'm going to watch it and and uh, I don't know. Actually, after Daisy Love, I got to go back and watch it. I got to be honest with you. But it, but you know, I love Brett Michaels. You know, we've talked, we've discussed this. I just feel like the female contestants will not yeah. be as wild and uh, chock full of personality like <laughs> these guys were. Because these guys, there wasn't a lot of infighting with these guys. It's almost like they were friends. So the show's called, yeah. the show's called Daisy of Love, which was a spinoff of Rock of Love. She came in second place. She was runner-up, right? She was runner-up in the second season of Rock and Love, which, as Adam Green loves to point out, is the only thing that Daisy... De La, De La Hoya is famous for is for losing Rock of Love season two. Yet she somehow converted that into her own show. Oh my God. Mm. It's Daisy of Love. She's a rock chick and they're getting, uh, 20 of the biggest meatheads they could find, uh, rounded up into this house. It's bros. It's rockers. Uh-huh. It's freaks. It's, it's freaks. It's the straight laced. It's people that you're like, I don't know people like this in real life. Like I pointed out when we were watching it, I'm like, it's like they cast a movie. And these yeah. are some of the characters. The way these guys dress, the way these guys act, it's yeah. it's unbelievable. It, it's pretty crazy. Because I, I, even like, all right, so so just to let everybody, so finally I watched it. What like two weeks ago? I watched it. I watched the entire series through in a in a in a twenty four hour period, and then proceeded to watch it again later that week with Johnson in Memphis. You would think <laughs> we would have done anything, but we watched all of all of Daisy of Love, and then. I watched it a complete third time through the second week uh, with Sal and you for the later later half of it. Right. Um, it is that good. The show is that good. I, I try to explain it to people. Uh, it's not bad good. It's good good. The the producers of the show have taken endless hours of footage and crafted something that is unbelievably unique. And and you're right. Like the 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 secret ingredient is the guys on on the show. They're all, most of them. By the end of the show, people that you're watching in the first few episodes, by the time you get midway, you're fucking in love with these guys. By the time you get to the end, every elimination is heartrending. You're you're just like, who are they gonna like? No, I, I like that guy. I don't want him to go, but he seems yeah. like the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's unbelievable how much you end up caring about the guys. And there's entire episodes where, like, Daisy's barely in it. Like, the producers knew what they had on their hands with this group of guys and focused on them. And look, if you watch it today, and I and I cannot recommend enough that you do, um, to, one thing you're going to notice is the way they dress is, is odd even for 2009. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, they're wearing, like, early 2000 clothing, which is pretty interesting. Um, but... There is some language in it that say isn't doesn't fly like it like there's some cancel canceled people on that show if if they were in the public today with some of the language they use. Right. 
Um, you just got to look past it because uh, when one of your favorite guys starts dropping F-bombs, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Uh-oh, Walt's back. That's pretty quick. Hold on, let me take this this part off. Yep, you're sounding good. We're we're mid uh, we're mid conversation. We're already recording. Oh wow, you guys couldn't even wait, huh? We, you're we, chomping at the bit. Well, we're we talking want, about we something to... for a fact. We know you wouldn't want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you, Walt? Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Rock of Love, the the Brett Michaels show? It was a Broadway thing, right? No, no, no. It was a reality show. With oh a bunch yes, of women. yes, yeah. So there was a spinoff of it called Daisy of Love in which one of the contestants from season two got her own show where guys were competing for her. Okay. And it's it's from 2009. It is fucking awesome. It's one of the most watchable things I've ever seen in my entire life. You will um, hate it. <laughs> where Where is it streaming right now? You can, I'm so glad you asked that question, Walter. If you go to Hulu, the uncensored version is, is streaming on Hulu. It's in standard definition. It's going to look shitty on your TV. You're not even going to notice by the time you hit the second episode. Walt, if I could beg you to watch the first two episodes of this show okay. and get ba- and be- get back to me with your thoughts, if you could stop at that point. I don't know. I think you, you by the time you're at the end of the second episode, you, you're usually in for the full ride. And I will say this. The fifth episode of Daisy, Daisy of Love is bar none one of the funniest things I've ever seen on television in my entire life. And I am not. Brian, am I exaggerating? No, like, he's not. Like, it's, when when he said like, okay, so I'm going to name some things that we could have done while we were in Memphis. Uh, there's riverboat cruises. There's haunted uh, walking ghost tours. There's bus tours with uh, musical stops. There's riverboat cruises. There's uh, city tours. It's food tours. There's a whole bunch of shit. And what did we do? We, we watched Daisy of Love. <laughs> yeah, we sat in the hotel room <laughs> and watched Daisy of Love for probably – I mean, the episodes are 45 minutes each, and we watched the first five that first night, right? Yeah. First five. Yeah. So so we put in yeah. a good four hours and uh, and change. Uh, we regretted none of it. Not a single not a single second spent watching Daisy of Love is wasted. Honestly, like once I was like, I got to go back to my room because it's like two in the morning. The next day, I'm like, that's all I looked forward to was more. <laughs> <laughs> and Walt, this is across the spectrum. Like, I've shown all people of all stripes this show. Like, uh, of course, every socio-political, racial divide line. And everybody's getting back to me. And they're saying, what the fuck was I doing when this show first aired? <laughs> Why the hell didn't I watch this the first time? Dude, I watched Sal watch. Like, when we watched the fifth episode together, I didn't even watch the CV. I just watched Sal's face. And it was as if it was he was on uh, Showtime at the Apollo. He was Sal was standing up. He was fucking <laughs> clapping. I'm not. I am not exaggerating a single thing. You were there, right? You saw it. Like yeah. Sal, Sal was like fucking. He was rolling around on the couch. He he was fucking hitting things. It, it's the fifth episode of Daisy and Love is, is one of the most must watch things that I could recommend. But what what made you find a show that is almost a decade old? Like rediscover something that you know would probably be buried upon. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, a mountain uh, at, of content. At, Adam Green has been telling me to watch it for seven years now, and I just, I just, I just never did it. And then I was just bored on the couch one night, and I was like, you know, let me just check because Adam's really high on this show. Let me check it out, and and that was it, man. I was six episodes in the first night. I'm talking to like three in the morning watching it. it it's, <laughs> it's crazy. The show, it's so good. And then, uh, so we watched Daisy of Love while we're in uh, while we're in Memphis, and. 
it just it whets your appetite for more. So we go, okay, what else can we watch? Then we watched the first two episodes of a show called Tool Academy. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> it's uh, basically it's a bunch of women who are like, my husband or boyfriend is an asshole. I need relationship boot camp. So they gather all these guys together, get them in, you know, the, you know, it's the opening show. They get them into the one spot. And these guys are like muscle heads and bros and they're going crazy, ripping their shirts off and everybody's flexing. <laughs> and it's like everyone's fucking full of personality because they think the show is to win the coveted title of Mr. Awesome. <laughs> so they think they're going to be Mr. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. Then they quickly learn that it's not a Mr. Awesome contest. It's, uh, are you a fucking, like, can you be rehabilitated from, uh, yeah, their girlfriends secretly set them up to go to this tool academy to learn how to not be tools anymore. Uh, that's where the name comes from then. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the, the earnestness with which the host delivers everything is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's no less, he's no less serious than if it was like The Bachelor or, or, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Did you guys agree that most of the men on the show were tools? Oh, there's they, no way. There's, there's, there's no other option. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were tools. They were tools. <laughs> but wait, wait. Just get back to Daisy of Love for a second. Uh, do you remember Ricky Rackman, Walt? Sure do. Um, uh, metal, MTV, uh, what was that called? Was it, he, Headbangers, Headbangers, Headbangers Ball. Ball, yeah. Okay, he's the co-host on Daisy of Love. And he is in hell. It's so funny. Like the look on his face while he's dealing with all these fucking shit. Like he's, he's calling himself a has been. He's fucking sitting there <laughs> staring at the camera. Like he's just like anytime Daisy, cause like he'll advise Daisy throughout the show. And spoiler alert, she will always without fail do the 100% opposite thing that he fucking tells her to do. And you just see his resolve breaking down as the series goes on. He and mentions then, it at one point. He's like, well, she hasn't done anything. Yeah. I've, uh, she's gone against all advice I've given her. So oh, yeah. I don't expect now, her to follow this. And this is like the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, I have in my life listened to maybe 10 episodes of podcast of a po- of podcast. Since Daisy of Love, I've, I've been hunting down podcast appearances of old, of the cast members. I have been online like a fucking, like a, like the FBI finding out what these guys are up to today. Like I, I'm, I'm still, still as we, like the first thing I think of when I wake up in the morning is Daisy of Love. And usually the last thing before I go to bed at night is, is Daisy of Love. Yeah. It's something, man. It's like so much changing so. content. It is. That, that's not. I texted so my buddy Jimmy that I was in the firehouse with. He watched it originally when it was on. Like we'd be in the firehouse, we'd be cooking the meal or, or up in house watching. He'd throw it on, and we'd all be like, "Get this fucking shit off the TV!" And Jimmy would be like, "Nah, she's hot. You got to see it. She's hot." And we'd be like, "Get it the fuck off the TV!" I actually texted him last night. And said, Hey man, I owe you an apology. <laughs> I, I said, uh, you remember us busting your balls about Daisy of Love? He's like, yeah, she was hot. I go, yeah, I said, I finally watched it. I was like, you were right. I shouldn't have told you to shut it off. <laughs> but, but yeah. she, she, it's weird though. She's, she's really not hot. She has every quality that you would be able to point to and be like, well, that would make her hot. That would make her hot. But somehow when it all comes together, you're like, she looks, yeah. she looks really drunk most of the time. And sometimes yeah. even like, is she special needs? Like, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's out of it a lot. Yeah. She's out of it a lot. Yeah. Could it be drugs? Like they, Could be. It's, I think it's, hard it's alcohol. Yeah. I, I did, throughout my research in multiple interviews with the guys on the show, 
they they all said that they all started drinking around 11 and they were just hammered throughout like the entire filming they were just hammered um, i mean these guys are fighting they're breaking bottles over their heads like all like all kinds of shit <laughs> <laughs> and it's real are you or is it it's such real. good acting? That- well, this is where this is where we have to put our full faith and trust in our friend Adam Green because he swears up and down. Yeah, everything, and I don't know what his source is. The producers, he he. Oh, he, he knows Adam, the producers. Adam is so into the show. He's even talked to the producers of it. Uh, the producers, obviously, they're editing tricks. They're they're always going to be editing tricks. But the producers say it's two hundred percent real. Was the quote? <laughs> like those guys are those guys, and that fucking that episode five that happened, they said was actually even funnier than like the network made them dial it back because they were like it, it gets too weird. Um, <laughs> so, so I mean, it's fucking nuts, Walt. Uh, you get just watch I'm the first watch two it. episodes. And then one of the episodes is a clip show, and like Hugh says, it's uncensored. So like these guys are, it's a very homoerotic show. Like these guys are constantly wrestling and uh, like uh, like like it's about dog piling and like all kinds of weird <laughs> shit. And uh, in the clip show, they're diving into the pool and they're naked. They're hanging. Yeah, you see big green penis. You see their dicks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think you see. I think, all right, so it's tr- some of the character names are uh, things like twelve, twelve pack because he's got twelve abs. Uh, Flipper because he j- he jumps a lot. Uh, <laughs> Chichi, sinister fox. Oh, fox! Oh my god, it's yeah. it's fucking madness. It's the whole show's great. Big rig. Oh, big rig. <laughs> I can't. I love them all. I love them all. I love once, every one once of them. They cut out that first round where there's some duds in there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. magic from there on out. That's like, why you gotta like get picked the- every single correct person. There's a guy named Weasel who's like from, he's from Jersey. Uh, he looks like he, he looks like Jeff Spicoli, doesn't he? He's like, hey uh, man, like an like an, <laughs> like an over the hill Jeff Spicoli, yes. <laughs> and acts accordingly. Oh, so that was Sean Penn, right? Fast Times, original. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, let's put it this way: I, I think I saw a tear in Sal's eye uh, when we saw when we finally saw the last of Weasel. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah there's certain really people upset. you don't want to see them go it's like they're so lame but so awesome you're just like <laughs> i just want them to stay <laughs> yeah so anyway there's 17 minutes on daisy of love but every anybody listening like i swear you guys won't regret it if you dive into it yeah if you have hulu and you, like it's it's fun it's more fun to watch with people a friend or some people that yeah. you can really like the excitement uh swells yeah, when you're in a room full of people, would you uh, be upset or disappointed if you found out it was all staged? Uh, I think I would just appreciate it at, because at some points it gets so fucking crazy that I, I I said to Johnson at one point, I go, "You forget you're not watching a scripted show because it's so fucking nuts." You're like, "No, no way, this could be real." But then after getting to <laughs> like after spending all the time with those guys and knowing they're drunk, you're just like. <laughs> Because it all comes from their personality. Like it's it, like it's not like the producers are like, all right, now let's make them do a slip and slide. Like all the show, like it all just comes from these guys interacting with each other. And like Brian said, like there's a weird thing that's really endearing in that they're all in competition with each other, but the guys seem to genuinely like each other um, and get along with each other, with the exception of two people mm-hmm. um, who are like the Darth Vaders of the of the of the uh, the whole thing. It's fucking great, dude. It's great. And one of the Darth Vaders is so dumb. 
like just yeah. a dummy. It's it's so fucking funny. Like he'll try to talk his way out of shit, and you've never seen a more tongue twisted marble mouth motherfucker. <laughs> like the wor- like maybe the worst liar I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he doesn't make any sense at any point. It's amazing, and everybody from Rick when Daisy De La Hoya is looking at you like you're a fucking idiot. Like you know that. <laughs> like you know you got issues going on. Yeah. She never did uh and then after that, like you said, it's like she kind of disappeared. She she came out in twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen for an interview, talked about some substance abuse issues, and then sort of quietly retired again. Wow. And I don't know what I wonder let me see if I can find out what the, Why don't you uh, try to get her uh on do a tell him Steve Dave interview? She I would do Walt, I I'm I'm setting you up to watch this because I would really like the rest of this year to be nothing but getting cast members of Daisy of Love onto Tom Steve <laughs> for conversations. Well, there are some we because, could definitely get, no doubt about it. Oh man, look, twelve pack lives in Jersey. I think London still lives in New York. I I, I mean I think we could get these guys. I would because think so too. I yeah. mean if they all disappeared and Yeah. Well what happened was uh, I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to, I don't do spoilers, but I don't know if you remember a few years ago, this, this guy who won I Love Money season three ended up killing, horribly killing his girlfriend. Like murdered her. Oh, yeah. Cut off her her fingers. Yeah. Put her in a dumpster in Las Vegas. That's him. So he, and set her next to a dumpster. Yeah. So some of the cast members of Daisy and Love were in that season of I Love Money three and they never aired it because he killed. So, so, and then VH1 canceled all those shows. So there were supposed to be multiple spinoffs of Daisy of Love with these guys. Cause Walt, well, they're so fucking awesome. And then that guy, and that guy killed his girl. And then that canceled all, they can't, VH1 canceled all reality shows. Didn't air that season. We, we got robbed. I mean, <laughs> I, obviously not as bad as the poor woman that ended up in a suitcase, but, but we, we were victims as well, as it turns out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give anything away. Uh, any spoilers or anything, but some people did appear on other shows. Big Rig appeared as a contestant on the revival of WWE Tough Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find any ratings, though, for this show. Well, I mean, it is a long Wikipedia entry, too. It has, like, all the eliminations and, like, the, the brackets and that kind of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people, please don't look up anything. Like, just watch the show. Like, you don't want to ruin anything. You don't want it's, – it's, it's too precious. <laughs> it's too precious and, and there's too little of it for you to ruin it by looking ahead. Like, just, just take the ride. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Yeah. And that was one of Adam Green's orders as well. And it turns out Adam Green was right. Adam Green was 100% correct. 100% correct. And we only yeah. got to watch those two episodes of Tool Academy, but so far, so good. <laughs> so far, yeah. That's another one he suggested, right? Yeah, he, he said like, the next thing to go on to is Tool Academy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Tool Academy seemed a little more mean-spirited, like, from what we watched. Oh, definitely. It seemed like people were getting hurt right and left. Yeah, like the women were crying a lot and shit like that. Daisy Love's just a fucking... You know, unless you're sinister and you're feeling a little down in the dumps, like <laughs> then the show's pretty much a fun ride the whole time. Yeah, Tool Academy, they like interview the guys, and the guys like, "Hey, man, it's, when I'm here, I'm single," and blah blah blah. You know, like all that macho talk, and then like they bring in the women, and then they play like what they said mm-hmm. on the screen, like with the girl sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta sit next to your girlfriend while you bra- while you t- while they show footage of you bragging about fucking three chicks last week. It's fucking. <laughs> it's like it's so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah. i'm not even gonna try to 
get a clever segue into this commercial. Okay. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, it's been a hell of a year. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients such as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, which is erectile dysfunction. Who wants that? Blue Chew is an online prescription service and no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive the prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. God, I love shit that's done online. Mm-hmm. It, I love it. Isn't it such a, like a, it's such poor choice of words, dysfunction, you know, it makes it sound like it's. Right. So, yeah. you know. You got something wrong with you, which you do, but you don't want to be reminded of it. <laughs> <laughs> like impaired, erectile impaired would be. Mm-hmm. Challenged. Challenged. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, erectile dysfunction <laughs> just makes you just feel like a total fucking misfit. Yeah, like you go, you come home from the doctor, your wife's like, hey, so what'd he say? Well, <laughs> well, she probably should know. Yeah. <laughs> she probably doesn't need yeah, a true. doctor <laughs> telling her. Yeah, she's like, dysfunctional, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Impaired. Yeah. Challenged. Yeah, he's, 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 I mean, challenge, that, those are my words, but still, you know. <laughs> Limp dicked. <laughs> Uh, Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. And if you don't like swallowing pills, there's no problems here. They're chewable. Uh, both the sildenafil and tadalafil are chewable. So they're made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Do you have problems swallowing pills? Uh, no. No. Thank you? No, I can actually dry swallow pretty well. Whoa. There's That's a clip. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have um, a major problem and a fear and like a, a repulsion to uh, swallowing pills. Uh, my mother, I remember as a child, was uh, beside herself with my inability to like to stand in front of the sink and like try to put a pill in my mouth and, and swallow it. I just couldn't do it. And my kid's dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> He's limp-dicked. <laughs> yeah, really hard time swallowing pills, especially when you're like – if I ever had to take one of them, like larger than normal size pills, yeah, it'd be forget it. I'd be like, like a horse pill. Yeah, can't do it. And it'd be like, I'd rather deal with whatever dysfunction I have. Hmm. Still to this day, huh? Oh, well, I don't take any pills now. I don't, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm pill free. Not even some buffering here and uh, there. Well, I take baby aspirin. I can chew so that. You can chew it. <laughs> nice. You just got to take forty of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all better. I got a headache. It just took an hour of, of taking baby aspirin to get rid of my, my small headache. Still hurts. Give me a couple more. <laughs> Do you remember how good baby aspirin used to taste oh, back the in the day? The best. The orange the like orangey, flavor. Uh, St. Joseph's. Then they kind of changed the um, changed the the flavor of it. It didn't taste as good as it really legitimately. Like I thought it was candy at a certain point. Right. And same thing with Joe's, the cough syrup. St. Joseph's cough syrup. Oh, that I never took. Oh my yeah, god! Good. Yeah, I would like it was like this thick, really tasty like syrup. Hmm. And oh my god! And then they stopped making it, and it was then it tasted like medicine. But at a certain point in the early seventies, I could have been like a six year old hooked on fucking cough syrup. Can you imagine if they had to change the formula? <laughs> That's, that's why they did it, right? They're like, too many kids are drinking this shit because it tastes good. <laughs> it really, I mean, like, I can't, re- I can't recall the exact taste, but I do recall 
like kind of lying and like if i even had like a little scratchy throat i think i need some cough syrup huh oh yeah yeah because it tasted that good and just coated your like it was like this lube that just coated your throat let me just say that to my mom i've got a little bit of a headache i need 300 milligrams of oxycodone <laughs> <laughs> and you were 48 yeah <laughs> Uh, so if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew for free when you use our promo code TESD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code TESD, to receive your first month free. And we thank BlueChew and their boner-inducing medicine for sponsoring this podcast. I imagine like it also translates out of the bedroom, too. Like, if you're standing proud mm-hmm. in the bedroom, I'm sure, like, you know, when you go to work, you're going to be standing taller. You're, like, chubbed up? No, no, no. I don't mean, <laughs> I just mean, like, emotionally and mentally. Oh, you're going oh definitely. To be, you're going to feel a lot better, and you're going to, like, it's probably, like, almost like the, uh, what's it called, panacea? What's it called? I don't know. What's that word called? Like the a cure-all for probably a lot of things that are ailing you if you can you can perform there and feel good about yourself. Psychologically, it has yeah. to help. It's got to help. We uh, So it's like I mentioned, we went down to Memphis. Who did? To uh, Q&I. Oh, yeah? For what? It was, uh, what was it called? Elvis Days? Elvis, Elvis Week. Elvis it's every, week. Every, every year, the week leading up to Elvis's death, they have like a week-long celebration of him that ends at a candlelight vigil. Uh, around his grave and stuff but that's also where they crown the new official elvis tribute artist uh for the next year graceland's official elvis impersonator they don't call it impersonator they don't call them impersonators Um, anymore i learned it's a negative connotation yeah it's tribute artist and and they asked yours truly walt to come down as a big elvis fan and be one of the four judges who gets to decide who the next official uh Elvis tribute artist will be. So I had a very important uh, job. I I don't know if there's any anything cooler that it's going to come out of you being yeah uh, as big as you are right now than that. That is fucking dope. I mean, you've been to pinball fucking tournaments. Yeah, but you. I mean, but this has got to the be. highs of highs. <laughs> you've got to be. This has yeah. got to be one of the uh, coolest perk By of far. all. I found, though, that because the other four judges was a woman that starred with Elvis in Kissing Cousins, a member of the Grammys, and a music journalist. So there was some fucking real, like... Yeah, because so you were the guy, you were the, uh, the token I was a wild celebrity? Card. I was a wild card, yeah. 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 That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because, because it's like, are they were are they suspicious of his... Of his Elvis cred, I don't think so. This lady no. seemed to have uh, a lot of faith in him. Okay, uh, his handler. Well, no, not the, but the person who picked him. I'm sure yes, but I'm talking about the other judges, or no, or they, the judge who got to who got like who got to call like yeah you you can't come BQ's coming. No, oh, that I don't know about that. I can't speak for that person, but um, but I will say when when I left, the the guy from the from the from the Grammy said to me, he goes, I, I hope you come back next year. He goes, this contest needs a little bit more of your energy in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's well, a little, that's, uh, that's almost as good as a blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shot in the arm. Well, it, it, we came in and like, 
I came in to just have fun. Like I didn't realize how serious it was. It was never explained to me. So I just came in with my normal BQ fucking, ah, let's have some fun with this bullshit. Um, <laughs> but it turned out to be the right attitude because I did take it seriously. I mean, we listened to 60 performances. Yeah, it was two and a half hours, two nights in a row of different performances by eight seventeen live, or they send in live. Tips? No, they were Holy on stage. Shit. So you got to pick yeah. one out of sixty. No, what they do is the first round. I think there were seventeen guys the first round. No they females. Do, no females. Is that but, oh, Asian guy? Asian is guy, they, are they are females allowed to enter? That's a good question. Probably not. Ooh, you might want to distance yourself now. Cut while the the gutting's good. (laughs) Women only have one role in Elvis's world. I'm comfortable with being a part of that. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're all Priscilla's to us, man. I gotta um, say though, he, uh, as far as the, the judges were concerned now, this will show you. How many people were in that audience? 1,500? Something uh, like that? It was a thousand person, uh, auditorium. The first night I think it was 800. I think the second night they sold out. Yeah, the second night looked like it was packed. Okay, so yeah. a thousand people. And they introduced the judges. Like you said, the Grammy guy and the music journalist, it's like, how much applause are they gonna get? Mm-hmm. The lady who was in the movie with Elvis, it's like she knew the guy. Yeah. You would think that she would get more applause than BQ, who's like, I listen to Elvis. <laughs> Not the case. Not the case at all. Well, he, I mean, he's he's a lot more current than the lady who was in a movie with Elvis in, from 1955. Well, also, like, when uh, when they put, you know, it's like they introduce, the judges are all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so so they're facing everyone's back and they're in, facing the stage. And... Um, when they call their names, you know, like a spotlight goes on them. So like, you know, the first three people just wave, but then when it's Q's turn, he stands up and raises up his arms triumphantly as if like he just won Elvis week. (laughs) 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 But people loved it. And I guess that's what that guy was talking about, needing that kind of energy. You got to give them what they want, bro. Yeah, they wanted it. I have to ask you a question. Um, How do you think Elvis impersonator... Like, how does he mentally deal with, like, having to, like, his whole career is based upon being somebody else? It's got to be somewhat damaging to your psyche after a while, right? That, that you're, you have to, like, evolve into being somebody else. Uh, some people certainly take that tact. The winning, the winning selection, the winner was a very controversial choice that I later found out because one, he's a New Yorker and two, he's a Broadway actor. So he already has. Like he played the lead in Lemiz. He played the Phantom in Phantom. He's a professional musical theater guy. And uh, a lot of people I found out later did not like that. Why though? They, they felt that it should be the guy you're talking about. They felt it should be the guy who lives the life, who, like Sean Clush, like the guy who's like loves Elvis, doesn't feel what you're talking about, like loves being so closely associated to the king. And loves performing and keeping him alive in front of people. Um, some, according to the old ladies that we were in the elevator with who didn't realize that one of the judges was in the elevator with them, <laughs> it was not a good choice. These fucking women were pissed. Well, pissed. and they're older ladies? 
Yeah, they're all older ladies. Down older there. ladies who probably were like who worshipped Elvis in their teens. A lot of women in their sixties. Yeah. yeah, they would have a. They would have a little more. More. I don't know. I don't want to say. Uh, but they, you know, it, 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 they loved Elvis though, so they would have a bit more like um, dog in the fight though to get to for their Elvis to win since they like probably yeah, worshipped him and dreamed it, about it, a night with him. Elvis. They're too close to him. They're not <laughs> able to see it. Now, I've only met one Elvis impersonator. Yeah. Tribute artist, was, please. Huh? Tribute artist. Tribute artist. Sorry. <laughs> and I found him to be completely batshit crazy. <laughs> like, like where I was like, this this dude is definitely mentally unhinged. Did and, you used to come to the store? Yeah. yeah. Like con- concocting bizarre, elaborate lies that you could find out in a second were fake that he was going to be Uncle Jesse on fucking Full House until his mother got sick and then <laughs> he had to bow out and then they picked John Stamos instead of him. Didn't you find Are you talking the, he, well, didn't you find old video and we, we were watching it we're like we can't tell if it's him or not. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh I thought you I thought you were talking about Rob Bruce. That's not who you're discussing. No, no, <laughs> no. This yeah, this dude was like crazy crazy and um would just come in and just spin tales and then as soon as he leave I'd, I'd hop on the internet and uh see if he was telling me the truth and i and every time i'd be like this is not this person he told me he was in a tv show that only aired for six episodes and he's like you can't find it anywhere he said it's never been released but i found it on like a on a bootleg website called i offer that doesn't even exist anymore and i ordered it just because I was like, I want to see if he's telling me the truth, and it wasn't him. It was a different actor because it was a, it was like a Naked Gun kind of show where they're like about a, a TV precinct, they're like a bizarre characters, and one of the cops they allowed to dress like Elvis all the time, and he said he was that character. He said he was that actor, and then when I fucking got the TV show, it wasn't him. Ooh, oh, wow! Uh, no, it seemed like everybody down there was all stable. They, I mean, Brian, did you see any like real whacking? Like the guys were all super nice and everything. They're like they're hyper. But they're gonna be nice to friendly the fucking nice. judge, though. They were nice to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like like a, like even when I wasn't with him, like I would meet different Elvis impersonators and like, hey, how you doing? Tri- tribute and, artists. But, yes, yes, tribute <laughs> artists. Tribute artists. Uh, very welcoming. Very welcoming yeah. people. And I, I learned that there are no casual Elvis fans. <laughs> You're either all in all the way, or you're yeah. Oh, you yeah. just don't. You're just like not a weekend warrior, right? N- not not at this place. No. no. What, where where did we stay? It was the it was called the guest house. Was that actually on Graceland property? It's on Graceland property. They built a hotel, yeah, on the Graceland property. So, what are the responsibilities of the winner throughout the year now? Like, does he have like a, a like a, a hectic schedule he has to keep now yeah. with Elvis? Um, Dates. I don't know about hectic, but he he's the official one that's sent to appearances. He's the one that appears at Graceland, the concerts at Graceland. Is this a lucrative, uh, yeah. is this a lucrative win for whoever wins? That when I was talking to the to the man who won at the end, and, and we were talking about Broadway reopening, and he he said he's like, I'm going to be busy for the next year anyway. He's like, this is a year long job. So I mean, it starts off with a twenty thousand dollar check. So right off the bat, oh. you're like, fucking yeah, yeah. They give you a little retainer, you know, to, to like so they could. They could call on you at any time. Now, were there different stages of Elvis impersonators, or is it only nope? You got to be thin, trim, super hot Elvis. No, there were. There was a nineteen-year-old kid who was in the contest for the first time, and he he mainly did young, like teenage Elvis. 
songs. And everybody was very impressed with them because all of the other contestants, there is copious amounts of, of uh, film footage of Elvis in concert. So they knew how to, uh, you know, act like him. This mm-hmm. kid who was 19 years old, there was no footage. So he, I was talking to him about it. So he was like, I had to imagine what a 19 year old Elvis and how scared he would be and insecure he is. And, uh, he goes, and I had to incorporate that into my act. And when I was watching him, I saw it. Like he shumped, he slumped his shoulders down. He pretended he was a little unsure of himself. It was, it was, I'm but telling now, you. Was but good. for people watching though, who didn't get to interview him, would they think that, would they realize that he was, like doing a nervous Elvis, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because because Elvis is known like his for his early his early songs oh. before he even recorded. They they like one of the things is you could always hear how nervous energy he had. So he's kind of playing off that. I never would have put that together. I would have just assumed he was nervous. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, unless you interviewing the guy or he's talking about what he's going for before he steps on stage, you would think that he was right. just being nervous. So there was no like puffy. On his way out, Elvis. Uh, no, there was some Elvis. Like right? They won't. They won't. That'll never win, right? No, you'll get the. It's mostly seventies Elvis. It's mostly the jumpsuits and it's stuff. The white like jumpsuit. But, yeah, but there's no like you know. It made me think so, of like he was wearing a cape. It made me think of when because uh, you always say you like that little cape. Oh, I love that yeah. little cape, Elvis. You know he where he yeah. got that from? Q. What is that? He he was a big uh, Captain Marvel fan, and Captain Marvel, oh, yeah. Captain Marvel Junior wore a little half cape, and he was like, "I'm going to wear a half cape." I think you've told me that in the past. Yeah, yeah. we yeah, met. It was the, something. Uh, yeah, and I will say, there's a there's a lot of beautiful women down in Memphis, man. <laughs> You're like, holy crap! And, and the Elvis the Elvis tribute artists seem to uh, get a lot of them. Like you should have seen the women that these guys were with, because you would think like Elvis guy, like he's kind of like corny and shit. He's like super into Elvis, but the women these guys get, man. Well, I, I, I mean, it's is crazy. It, is it? Yeah, crazy. But again, is it all just like this giant delusional fever dream where like the women are like, "I'm with Elvis," and the guys like, "I'm Elvis." That all works out then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever gets you through the fucking day, man. But yeah, at a certain point, do you ever just walk like you're walking, you, walk, you glance over and you see your reflection, you're like, I'm, I'm not Elvis and right. I'm not with Elvis and I'm not sleeping with Elvis and <laughs> this what am guy, I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I've been myself for 15 years that this fucking asshole is Elvis. <laughs> He's an impersonator. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, uh, these women were so good looking, Walt, that I was like, "Can I grow a pompadour?" And fit my ass into a thing. I, it was, it was like, it was like unnerving. How, like glamorous, how I think is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Fir- the first night we were there, uh, we like I said, we stayed up real late watching Daisy of Love, and so we go to bed, and at like four thirty in the morning, all of a sudden, here like, wah, wah, the fucking fire alarm goes mm-hmm. off, and his room was across from mine, so I'm like banging on his door. He's like, "Whoa, what's going on? What's going on?" We go downstairs at fucking four thirty in the morning. We have to stand outside, and uh, for the record, I wouldn't have left. I opened my door. I saw there was no smoke in the hallway. I was like, I'm just gonna put a pillow over the alarm and go back to bed. Yeah, really, a fireman. <laughs> That's yeah. not good uh, advice it's for perfect, people. I, nah, I know. I I wouldn't say do it, but I'm trained. I, I know if there's a fire or not. <laughs> there was no fire. <laughs> we were outside no- for an hour. You look. You look he, how, how how many stories was your hotel? Uh, five. It was five, right? Okay, so yeah. you you look up and down one hall 
yeah. of a five-story hotel. You're like, nah, there's no fire. And we're on the yeah. fifth floor, by the way. <laughs> you don't know what's going down on, on the floors underneath you. I know exactly what's going down <laughs> on the floors below. I know everything that's going on. I, one glance, I'm because t- I've been in a hotel that's, that was on fire where the alarm went off and I opened the door and I looked up and I was like, oh, shit, we actually got a fire here. I'm telling you, I, I, I it, it's smoke rises, bro. That shit just comes right up, right up. Oh, okay. But it was on the roof, though. Rooftop fire. Mm, they would still would have ba- it still would have banked down and stuff like that. We were on the fifth floor. I would have saw something, but whatever. Look, man. Hey, safety first. I left. <laughs> I got out. <laughs> but everybody left, and the uh, the eighty year old woman who was Cynthia Pepper, who was in the um, who was in the movie with Elvis. You know, she she had was the other judge. How old is she? Well, eighty or eighty one. Eighty one. Right. Eighty one. She looks, by the way, sixty taps. She looks sixty, and she's real like she's one of those fun old ladies, right? You know, yeah. I mean, she made out with Elvis. I mean, you know, what, what does she have to be anything but fun with? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. How long can that carry? Apparently, to eighty one at least. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> but when she was uh, when she was outside, no, we didn't see this. But I guess you know it's fucking pitch black out there, and everybody's walking around because they think there's a fire. And I guess she she stumbled over something and fell flat on her oh. face, like fucked yeah. up her cheek, fucked up under her eye, fucked she up had her a nose. black eye, split lip. Oh yeah. man, the exact sort of thing that would have put me on a plane home. Exact, I would have been like, I can't fucking judge a contest. I'm all jacked up. My head hurts. Right. She was like, she's like, nah, I'm in pain, but I'm still good. Wow. Yeah, she toughed it, was it impressive. out. She toughed it out. It is impressive. Yeah. There was also the music journalist's wife when when uh, we were sitting in the back room. Like, there's a. Oh, room I don't know about. Room. We want to tell this story. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess if we don't name him, but I mean, I don't know. People could look it up. Well, oh, I'm talking about his wife. What she said. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. talking. About. <laughs> well, like the guy comes in and she's uh, and his wife, another one of these glamorous type women, and almost immediately, she was like, "Oh yeah, we met here." Da 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 da. We had anal sex on the first day. We did anal on the first date. Those are her exact words. We did anal on the first date. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who was she telling this to? Us. Uh, us. For no reason? No reason at all. I was shocked. I think she was jo- – she was like trying – she was like – she was a f- fun – She was. I think she was trying to like get in Get a read the on the room and shit. Yeah, yeah. What was your guy's reaction? I laughed. That's awesome. Yeah, we were cracking up. <laughs> but she mentioned it two more times. He didn't like it. He kept like – he kept like – He was a little buttoned down. Yeah. Yeah. Not buttoned down enough to fucking not have anal sex on the first date. I guess. I mean, this is what she's claiming. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call that buttoned down at all. And then she goes, uh, "No, he is." Yeah, yeah but I'm saying, but it wasn't like it wasn't like yeah, he was like, true. "Oh no!" Like a buttoned down guy would be like, "This is this is absurd. <laughs> this is <highly> normal. <laughs> <laughs> this is irregular." <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. They were yeah. both freaks. <laughs> yeah. But again, another beautiful. I mean, she was she was fucking hot. You know, she was beautiful. So you nice, listen to fun. You know, oh, she was great. So you could see why a guy on a first date would like, uh, you know, go all in. I feel like I wouldn't marry a girl though. Why? But at anal on the first date, it's just like uh, maybe I'm too buttoned down. I don't know. It just <laughs> it, seem, it just seems weird. It's, it just seems it, very it weird to me. It does make you think, like, well, if this the first. Not even twelve hours of of uh, of meeting me. That this is what you're willing to do. What what have you been what up to? What else did you do? Yeah, what have you been up to <laughs> before you met me? Then yeah, it's like you're you're in your, you're in your early forties. God knows what. <laughs> I think you guys are a little too buttoned up, man. Yeah, we might be. Oh, well, I've never claimed up anything but be buttoned up. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm buttoned all the way to the top. 
Yeah, man, his neck's pinched. <laughs> no way, man. I'm, I'm just peeking out one of the, uh, one of the eye holes. <laughs> uh, uh, you can't even see my face. <laughs> yeah. I, look, anything that she's done with someone else, I'm not going to be happy with. So it's not, you know. Yeah, that's true. But, but your mind's going to go to much more darker places um, after your first date, though. Sure, but at the same time, I'll also be having anal sex, yes. so it'll be, yeah. it'll be it's a know, nice trade off. Yeah, you, know, you got to make these trade offs. As long as you can take your woman being a total slob. But what if she tells <laughs> oh, her? Oh, that's not accurate. Come on. <laughs> Are you okay though? If you're that guy and she in the first and total stranger, she's telling within two seconds of meeting them. Well, I think there was a little bit of the fact that we were backstage. We were the judges. Is hey, it's Q from Impractical Jokers. I think she was just like having fun. Like we were all joking around and and just. I don't think in polite company she would have just brought that up. Do you I agree with she, that, Bray? She she it's, brought it up so quickly. It was so quickly. I've met a couple, and so- it's not like it was only me and you in the room either. <laughs> Cynthia Pepper was now, clutching her pearls. <laughs> Nowhere to be seen. <laughs> now, I've met a couple celebrities in my day, like, you know, going back when a young Walt Flanagan has met some pretty impressionable celebrities. Yeah. I met Ben Affleck pretty young in my life. Uh, who else did I meet? I don't know from being around with Kevin, but yeah, it would, it would take me a lot longer than, than the first two minutes to reveal something that intimate, though, to one of them, though. Ben, Ben, come here. <laughs> You'll never, you'll never guess what I do on the first date. I can't get the girls to do it, but I would do it. <laughs> if you see Matt, tell him. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> the next time I if I run into Ben again that's the first thing I'm going to say I'm like, you will not believe how much anal I've been having <laughs> just leave it at that so he's like well what do you mean <laughs> that you've been having or that you've been giving <laughs> okay, hey, man. it's 2021 Ben <laughs> you know what I listen to Elvis on uh, Q yeah Raycon damn straight yeah Working looks different for everybody, especially these days. You don't even you you almost believe he's still around. Like, and he's singing right behind you. That's that's very true. <laughs> that, about to take part in anal paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're in and out or about in a home office or working on a solo project, there is not a better way to work on what you love most than with the premium audio from Raycon. So if you need a pair of wireless earbuds to take you from conference calls to solo work to Zoom meetings, Raycon's E85 work earbuds are a game changer. Now, these E85, we were not allowed to talk about them for the longest time. These are the uh, noise-canceling ones. How come? I don't know. I guess, I guess, yeah, they were just going to – they wanted to roll them out at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but we've had them for months. So I don't know what their their uh, their procrastination was. But Probably just, didn't want any, any of our enemies to get any kind of knowledge that they had this type of <sighs> – this kind of technology yeah, that was coming tech. down the pike. Yeah. They would try to fucking rob it. You're right. You're right. That's probably is the reason. Uh, and they're not just great for work. They're perfect for any time and anywhere you need great audio. I listen to the, I use them at night. Cancels out all like the, the tinnitus and the, um, and the bullshit, the, the, the noise outside. 
They've got a six microphone system that cuts down on environmental noise and ensures your voice is crystal clear on calls. There's also a Do you ahead. ever worry about your hole getting work, like getting all stretched out and like getting all like saggy and then you can't hold any Bluetooth? My ear hole? Yeah. <laughs> not particularly. I mean, I had not thought about it until right this second that it was a possibility. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm gauging my ears or something. It's almost like a butt plug for your ear. It is. Yeah, that's what Ray, it says right here. Raycon, <laughs> butt plugs for your ears. <laughs> Bye, Raycon. <laughs> I'm going to suggest that. Do you ever worry about that, though? Because no, I noticed that mine are falling out more frequently, and I'm like, oh, my God, am I stretching out my ear holes? Well, is it the rubber that's wearing down, maybe, oh, okay. or, as opposed oh, to your ears? <laughs> like, how hard are you jamming them in there? Because it could be. I don't know. I, I just worry about it because they're falling out so easily now, or before they were nice and tight. And I really mm. had visions of, like, you know, like I was working it out so much, my hole, that it was getting all <laughs> loose. Look, I can't say for sure that's not the case, but I would guess Walt's it's the rubber. <laughs> Walt's got gaped ears. <laughs> There's also active noise canceling for maximum focus and ambient mode for when you need to hear the word around you, the world around you. Raycon's work earbuds boast a 32-hour battery life. They're super comfortable with a soft velvet finish and memory foam ear tips, so you'll want to hear them in your off hours, too. And they have a 45-day free return policy. So... Right now, go to buyraycon.com slash T-E-S-D work to get 15% off your Raycon order. Work? That's, yeah, that's a new one. That's buy, B-U-Y, Raycon.com slash T-E-S-D work, W-O-R-K, for 15% off Raycons today. That's buyraycon.com slash T-E-S-D work. I guess that'll, like, that different code lets you know how many people are buying the, uh, oh, yeah. buying these E85s. I like them. I like them better than the other ones. They, they do everything you need them to do. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're the, the they're the gold standard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, do you guys? Uh, I know you must have uh, seen Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. Did you go to the movies yeah. to see it? Yeah. I loved I, it. I have to uh, issue an apology for my sarcastic tone when I said to Sal, "Like, yeah, we can't wait for Starro, right?" Because I, I watched and Starro was pretty cool. Oh, the whole movie <laughs> yeah. was fucking so fun. I didn't want it to end. Like I just could watch the I could watch a twenty four hour movie about the Suicide Squad with those actors, that writing, that special. It was just perfect. Yeah, it was great. I, I, I've watched it twice already, man. Maybe, maybe even twice and a half. I, I mean, I I couldn't even. If you asked me to point to a misplay in the movie, I couldn't even really <sighs> do it. I mean, no. even Harley Quinn, like that fight scene in the hallway with her. I was like, holy! What she had the spear? Yeah. I was like, fuck, man. Like, they, 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 although we, 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 we like Birds of Prey. Like, we watched it and we're like, oh, this is better than we thought it would be. But, uh, yeah, Suicide Squad, Starro, man, when he lifts his arm and those fucking little mini ones come out, Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. I loved it. With Harley Quinn, you're, you feel like, like different people have played Batman, different people have played Joker, but it's hard to imagine anyone else playing Harley, right? Like, she oh, just does it so well. There's no? going to be other people who play Harley. Well, when she ages out? Yeah. She's too old? I think, I don't know. I, I don't think the movie did all that well, though, right? From what I, it, I've seen some reports that it's, that it's yeah. not what they were hoping was going to happen. And I mean, how many more Harley movies can she be in that don't perform well, though? Yeah. Especially when that Harley Quinn show is on the air and it's so good. And like that version of Harley is becoming so beloved. 
Um, and and it's cer- a, certainly not her fault. I, I mean, I'm not saying no, that at all. Great. But I don't, I don't know why it's not equating to box office success, though. Anything that she's in, it really doesn't seem to move well, the, the box office needle. I don't know, man. I, I tell you what, though. I, maybe if they'd kept her in that outfit from the first movie that everybody fucking railed against so much, more people would have been into it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because that was a great costume uh, in the first, you know, the first Suicide Squad. And how, like, all the characters that I mean, there weren't many who who were in the first movie who came back for the second movie. Yeah. Like Rick Flag was so fucking good in that, and like, but he was oh, forgettable he in the first one, though. Yeah, they figured out a way. It's James Gunn, man. The guy fucking, he knows what he's doing. The guy knows how to make a good movie, right? Sure does, man. They tried to cancel him. He came fighting back. They tried. They tried. Which is good. He's the the one example that you could point to of like, hey, if you've been canceled, there's hope because you can come back. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Like all the people who have been canceled are sitting on the sidelines. I'm moping and shit. Well, they're like, well, well, I'm not fucking James Gunn. <laughs> I'm just some asshole who made a joke 20 years ago. <laughs> or I don't know, maybe Roseanne. Maybe you know, she she she's bigger than James Gunn. You know, so maybe at some point, maybe you know, she finds her way back. After the uh, what was it again? Oh, it was something about uh, making comments. Planet about of the Apes lady. comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, they said a Quiet Place Part Two made 48 million. Uh, Fast and Furious 9 made 70, Black Widow made 80, so they thought it was uh, on its way to uh, make a couple bucks, but it only made $26.5 million. Do you think that's because of the other Suicide Squad movie? People? I have to think it has a big factor. I, I, I remember when, I, when you were talking about it with Sal, I was like, I cannot believe they're just calling it the same title, though. It, it feels like a big misstep on their part to not have a subtitle or something about this movie to make sure people realize – because. I don't know how you cannot re- realize. I mean, but I guess there's a certain part of the of the population that just doesn't have their pulse on comic book movies and be like, "I saw that already. Why? What's, what's the big deal? It sucked." This says the original Suicide Squad made 746 million globally. That's a lot. Globally, despite terrible reviews, it's almost a fucking billion dollars <laughs> yeah. like for a piece and, of shit. And I would argue that a lot of that had to do with Harley Quinn, like yeah. in the first movie. I I think so, but. I don't know. Like, do you? Yeah, maybe calling it something other than the exact same title as the fucking movie that 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 everybody dislikes from four years ago wasn't the wasn't the best idea, I guess. But but to me, it's also like it was for free on HBO Max. I didn't watch it in theaters. I watched it at home. Yeah, I know that has to have a an impact on your ticket sales. I would imagine. For sure. I, I, I watched it mm-hmm. with three other people. If the four of us had gone to a movie theater, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why am I going to go? I, I just don't understand why I would go to a movie theater if, if I could watch it at home. I, I did want to see Star on IMAX. I, I kind of do want to see that, like him towering over you like that big and shit like that. But at the same time, I could just stay home and like, you know, wear a robe and watch it. That's what probably I, what I'm gonna I do. feel what like Gunn did that was, while it wasn't, a true representation of the of the comic book I loved in the eighties, he at least was cognizant of it and even went, you know, did little things to make make guys like me who are into that comic book be like, oh shit, I, I know you're out there and like he did little things like Easter eggs to 
you know, that I really appreciate. Like they put the John Ostrander, the guy who wrote that comic book, he was the doctor that shot um, the little thing in your, to the back of your neck, the, like the little bomb. Oh, the he, the actual writer? Yeah, he was the, yeah, the guy who shot oh, He cool. played the that's doctor. Cool. And Rick Flagg is wearing a yellow shirt with those black pants. And yeah. that's all that Rick Flagg wore for like 100 issues in a row was a yellow shirt. And so, like, it was like a nice little nod to, uh, yeah, to the uh, the comic book character from the '80s that he had that yellow shirt on. Yeah, it was also the first movie poster that I I can't believe this hasn't been done yet so far. But it was the first movie poster where on the bottom it said "Buy the DC comic," like the poster acknowledged. Oh the comic books. shit! I didn't even. And know they that. haven't been doing that. In, in in all these years, they had, nobody's been being like go go read DC Comics here and there <laughs> stuff like that, or or download digitally on the app. So I you know you get the feeling that Gun, you know, is kind of a legit comic fan. He's like real deal into it. Yeah, hopefully you know he DC doesn't look at the, just the box office and realize that like you know let this guy fucking have control because what's the people you have been given total creative control to are the keys to the to mapping out the DC universe. It hasn't worked so far for movie-wise. I think this guy could do it. The Peacemaker series is coming soon. He made a TV series with John Cena. you think that'll happen It's already shot. Oh, it's already... Okay, well, then it's definitely going to happen. I I wondered if, though, the uh, lukewarm reception might uh, make that announcement, you know, maybe maybe it not happen now. No, they already already shot it. Here's the thing. My thing is, like, I watched Jungle Cruise, um, and... That's, you know, of course, The Rock. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we live in a world where John Cena is running fucking rings around The Rock in terms of acting, comedy, <laughs> like like charisma. Like it, it's – I if you told me that two years ago, I would have been like, get the fuck out of my face. John Cena is not going to be the guy that fucking breaks as – but he's doing the shit. And then you watch Jungle Cruise and, you know, it's Jungle Cruise. I, I didn't not like – I was like, all right, I'll watch this. This is fine. It's fun. It's, it is what it is. But it wasn't like Suicide Squad where I was like, this is fucking awesome. And everything Cena does in it is fucking great. He's so good. And he commits to being a prick so hard in that movie <laughs> that you're like, I just don't see The Rock doing this. I, he's going to keep doing these safe fucking, you know, I'll make a billion dollar movies. And I, I don't think it's – But do you see – can you see The Peacemaker being the focal point and the, the, the star? Or does he work best when he's playing off somebody oh, else? I can't wait. You know, and not being the being a supporting character, not the star of a of a, of a television well, series. I got to assume Gunn's going to be smart enough to to create that dynamic within the series where he's still kind of like an outsider prick to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not going to bizarre. Gun. What a bizarre thing for your first. I guess I, was that would that be the first like uh, DC? I guess not. I guess all that CW stuff would be, but I think it's bizarre that we're having a peacemaker television series character yeah. that nobody has any idea about unless unless you're like a, a true like anal fucking right. comic book fan <laughs> first date anal comic. <laughs> <laughs> uh well you know he remember they put out those books a few years back uh league of regrettable heroes and and uh league of regrettable superheroes where they were just books you could yeah. buy it like yep and they were just the lamest superheroes yes. peacemakers in that <laughs> so he he was already like torn down years ago as as useless so it's great to see i mean he made that fucking helmet work it was awesome it looks so good 
Like, but the the thing is, though, we'll probably you know now we see Infinity Gauntlet like mockups. Well, not mockups. What are they called? Like, you know, you could buy your own Infinity Gauntlet, like a, a five hundred dollar one that looks just like the one in the movie. And we have helmets of Boba Fett, but I really, really doubt that we're going to see a Peacemaker helmet, you know, that you could buy in Target or something. Right. Maybe, but I guarantee you'll, you'll see a bunch of homemade ones yeah, at Comic-Con. That's true. Yeah. Uh, whoever doesn't want spoilers, tune out for the next 10 seconds. I was – the only part, part that disappointed me was when in the very beginning when Weasel drowned – I was like, that's so dark and fucked up. It's amazing. <laughs> but then when they brought him back, I was like, shit. Really? You didn't yeah. like him coming back? Oh, I liked him coming back. So, like, I, th- I was like, his, it was like they just left it. And I was like, it's so fucking crazy that they would take <laughs> his character and just drown him. Uh, I, I just like that he just like all googly eyed and just wakes up and <laughs> yeah. just runs away. I just thought that was the ultimate joke, though, though like at the end. I, th- I really enjoyed that he came back to life, though. Oh. I, and I actually thought it was hysterical, too, because it... To me, it wasn't him. You're saying him drowning is dark. Mm. For me, hearing them like go with like his crime was murdering children. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because they could have said his crime was anything <laughs> but murdering children. <laughs> I mean, it was, the implication is that he ate the kids, right? Yeah. Like, that's what you That's what I took out from <laughs> But that's why James Gunn's fucking good at what he does. Yeah. Like you got to wonder if anybody at DC was like, ah, you're going to make them because that's a, that's the fucking genius of it. Cause you're playing with villains. So like really who at DC is going to be like, well, we can't make them that much of a villain. <laughs> like it's about villains. That's yeah. weird. Cause like that's, that's why James Gunn, one of the reasons he got canceled was he was like tweeting like these really dark jokes about murdering and molesting children and shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I knew what, a little bit well how he got canceled i knew it was about offensive comments posted online or something like yeah, that but Twitter. i wasn't sure of the exact you know comments that were the result of the cancellation yeah. or the almost cancellation cuz basically it was like marvel was just like no you're not on guardians of the galaxy and like 2 seconds later dc was like We'll come make Suicide Squad. Right. It was the quickest cancellation of all time, possibly. Dude, I, I was I was at he's at the same agency as we're at. I was at the agency the day after all that went down, uh-huh. after he got fired off Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was in a conversation with his agent, and t- like twenty four hours later, he was like, "Ah, he's gonna be all right." It was like, like they, <laughs> they were already like, "He's gonna be fine." Yeah, yeah it says here it was um, tweets about rape and pedophilia. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh all right, let me read one thing. Since we didn't do a show last week, I got three spots this week, so bear with us. Uh we're talking Green Chef, which is delicious. Uh Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy to follow recipes, perfect for keto, paleo, and plant powered diets, even if you just want to eat in a more balanced way. They have flavorful recipes that the chefs design that go way beyond ordinary for a diverse array of meal plans and plenty of options to choose from each week. That's it, man. That's what we need. Everything is hand-picked featuring organic veggies and high-quality proteins delivered to your door pre-measured and mostly prepped in an insulated package. And it's the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box. Ah, who cares about that? So you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. You ever think about that? I know I don't. What? Think about how it got to your table. Just eat it. Uh, no, I, I think there's some things that 
If I bought it, I if you it if you trace it back too far to its origins, you're not going to be happy. Right. With Green Chef, you will be though. It appears. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite Green Chef recipe? Who did you who did you cook with? Well, Mary Beth made some like pork chop type things. Oh, they have meat. Oh yeah. yeah oh, okay, I thought it's all plant based. No, it's paleo stuff. You know, like how can cave, pork how can man. pork be meat green though? The green Chef, the way they. Uh, I mean, the only pork that's green is the one you don't very eat. Very moldy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she likes it because I thought, they, yeah, I you know what I'm, I kind of zone out when we're doing these, but yeah, I really thought Green Chef meant it was all vegetarian, all just vegetarian, yeah, no, all, no, all, like leafy stuff, nope, roughage. What's it called? Some roughage, yeah, keep you <laughs> keep you regular. No, they got all kinds of stuff, man. That's what's great about Green Chef. Uh, go to greenchef.com/tesd100 and use code tesd100 to get one hundred dollars off. Free, including free shipping. Whoa! Right, hundred dollars off. Hundred dollars off, man. What, what? Come on, that's practically free. That's a lot, man. So go to greenchef.com/tesd100 uh, and use the code tesd100 to get a hundred dollars off, including free shipping. And uh, it's the number one Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Number one. Why would you look anywhere else? It's the gold standard of this kind of stuff. Green living. Yeah. It's the most important thing you can do. It's the green standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Let's, I let's like get that. rid of gold. <laughs> I uh, remember when we, we we told you that we were... Um... Oh, wait. Did I tell you that I was losing at um, that game left, right, center? Don't know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. We never talked about that? I thought we, we talked did. about left, right, center. Yeah, yeah it's a did. game. When we were down in Key West, we were playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you got yeah. mad because you lost money. I lost. A, no, I don't care about the money. 11, I, 11 in a row. 11 in a row is what I cared about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my brother Eric came to town. So I got like, it was like me, Eric, uh, Mary Beth, uh, my nephew, and uh, Sage. We mm-hmm. all played and I fucking won. I finally won. I just want everyone to know I finally won. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not playing. I, I, I immediately w- lost again. <laughs> but you're not playing against skilled competition, though. Well, there's you're no playing, skill. You, you, you t- I thought, but, well, I, yeah, there I, is an element of luck to the game. Yeah, that's oh, what he okay. said. <laughs> I thought this isn't like this isn't like poker or anything. No, it's literally roll the dice and just hope. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, but like, there's guys that can. You don't want to roll dice against, right? There are guys you don't want to roll dice against. Like black so- guys. Black guys are real good at rolling dice. I, know, oh, I noticed I that when we used to play poker, <laughs> and then those we would go out and roll dice out in the in the street. They were always winning, man. I'm just they, talking they about high to... rollers. You oh, know you're going to lose against a high roller. Guys who know how to roll dice. I don't know how you know, but they just got it. They got the it. Uh, it, it was curious. Like I did think maybe Q loaded the dice. There was something to it. <laughs> oh, you thought how, that of your boy, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you this. Um, I. I know the answer, but has this ever happened to you? I was I, I I went to a pizza parlor, the one I normally go to, and they have a jug up on the up on the counter where you could put tips in. And it's a clear jug, and they were particularly nice to me the other day. And um, I was like, I was on my way out. I was like, I'm, I'm going to drop, uh, you know, I'm going to drop a buck in the uh, in the tip jar. And I thought I only I thought I had singles in my pocket. And I wasn't. I thought I know I only have singles. So whatever I pull out, I'm going to drop in is going to be a single. And uh, it was a twenty. 
Oof. When I hit the, when I hit the bottom of the thing, I could see the zero, and I looked at it. I may stop, and I saw it was two zero. I had a twenty dollar bill in my pocket, uh-huh. and the guy turned around and goes, "Thanks, buddy." Not seeing uh-huh. that it was a twenty. No, he didn't even know it was a twenty. Right. There's no way I can put my hand back in and be like, I actually put the wrong amount in there. Um, I'm going to put more. I'm going to put something in there, but I not. I, not I what would I put 100% would have reached my hand right in that tip jar. I would have taken extra money along with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then replace I wouldn't even. I, 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 mine. Walt, I wouldn't even felt embarrassed. I would have been like, oh, really? I said I put a. I would have been, I would have been a joke. I would have been like, I put a 20. You, I, you, you guys aren't that good. And then maybe I would have put like a five in right. just to show that I'm a sport. But there's no way I'm walking out of there with, with the $20 in, the, in that tip jar for a fucking pizza slice. <laughs> no, no way. Well, I, so I'm sitting there. I, I, the realization of what just happened and my – you know, I'm kind of like frozen in time right there as everything else, like everybody else is just frozen and I can hear him talking and, but I'm not even listening because I'm like, I, how do I, how do I gracefully, how do I, this? <laughs> how do I gracefully say, you know what, I put the wrong amount of money in there. And then, uh, and then he goes, uh, man, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and I look, I was like, all right, man, see you tomorrow. And I just, I walked out and just left a 20 in there. Oh, uh, that sucks because you lost the 20 and you didn't even get credit for giving the 20. So it's a fucking lose-lose. What do you mean? I'm definitely I – mean, it was the only it was the only dollar bill in there. So Yeah, but if they don't over, look yeah, he's and then him. three other people drop a dollar in there and suddenly you're one of four. So maybe next time I go in, I, I should have been like, how'd you like that 20, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or Or – Look, I gave it a lot of thought, and the other day I accidentally dropped a 20. <laughs> I was just wondering if I could get some of it back. Or or I could be like, you know, I don't know if you noticed, I put a 20 in there the other day, so that's that's probably the next month's worth of tips, just so you know when I walk out of here. <laughs> okay. Don't expect anything else in there. <laughs> or or should I just, just let it go and just, you know, just yes. chalk it up to like – Make sure you're pay attention to what you're doing when you're dropping money in a I think that's more the lesson here. <laughs> I, I think you had a brief window to correct this situation and, and you let it close. So you just got to live with it now. Yeah, I froze, man. It was like one of those moments like, what are you going to do when the, like when, when the shit yeah. hits the fan? I fucking froze. Like a deer wow. in the headlights. If, if, if like, let's say, let's say I want to give a dollar or two. I'll reach into the tip jar and make change for myself. Like at what? Starbucks or something. Like, let's say there's the 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 thing. You you do not have any fucking authority to stick your hand in their jar. <laughs> oh yes, I do. No way. I'm you gonna give not, them two dollars. But you shouldn't. Yeah, that's just leading. That's just setting yourself up for disaster, though, for someone to but be like, like he's you, stealing money. Yes. <laughs> the accusations fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really you're playing with fire. Like you're sticking your hand in their tip jar. So far, so good. Yeah, but you could be – you don't know if you're skilled with your hands and you could be like pocketing money as you take out. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a shim-sham man. <laughs> you're like a magician. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, like I fold it and, and – and, I mean, they don't know – I mean, they don't know your hands shake like a fucking yeah, – like, yeah. a, like a tree limb in the wind. <laughs> so look how nervous he's stealing our money. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm just leaving a tip. <laughs> he's dishonest and weak. <laughs> You think you're Mandrake the magician? <laughs> They'll never know. <laughs> Watch as I make your tips disappear. <laughs> Abracadabra. 
<laughs> like, put it back. <laughs> all right, all right. I was just kidding. Have <laughs> <laughs> we got any more spots? Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I got tears coming out of my fucking eyes. <laughs> Man drink. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God.